Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by BlackRock Health, providing patients with world-class clinical care and comfort, enabling swifter recoveries. Now, my next guest this morning, well, she made history in 1975 when she became the first female journalist to regularly read the national news on the BBC. Since then, she's gone on to become one of Britain's best loved broadcasters and she's still presenting hugely successful shows. Angela Rippon, good morning to you. A very good morning to you too, Miriam. Thanks so much. Listen, I know you did that interview during the week with Prima, got picked up in lots of places. Remind us about... What it was like in the newsroom when you joined it back then? I assume there weren't very many women working there. Well, no. And, and in fact, I'd joined a couple of years before, of course, because um, I started reading the news, but I'd already done two years in the newsroom as a reporter, uh, as a general news reporter, um, covering all sorts of stories all over Europe. Um, and yes, but the, the women in the newsroom were the, were the secretaries. <laughs> it was me uh, re- being a reporter. And then eventually um, in 75, when we had that extraordinary situation where somebody just walked up to me in the newsroom and said, would you mind sitting in for, for Richard Baker? It was Richard Baker, in fact, they asked me to sit in for, um, who was going on holiday. And we had, we've got the, the schedule all mixed up, mixed up. Would you mind reading the news? And I said, no, of course I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working in doing, I'd been doing television by, for, what, some 10 years, even before I went to television news in London. So um, that was how it all started, really. But, it, but no, there were, there were no other women in the newsroom except, except the secretary. And when you did present it in 1975, Angela, I mean, I suppose viewers were so used to only seeing men. Was there any kind of backlash or what kind of response did you get? (laughs) (coughs) Something that for which I was not prepared, if I'm honest, Miriam. (laughs) It was extraordinary. Um, It was, you know... it was as if a woman had never, ever been asked to do anything in television before. I mean, certainly it was unusual because a lady called Nan Winton had read the news for, I think, about six weeks back in the, the late 50s, early 60s, the very beginning of sort of national television. And she'd been taken off air because the then controller thought that women didn't have the, the credibility or the authority to be newsreaders. Um, so when I sort of started reading the news, it was a, a, a shock, gasp, horror reaction. There's a woman reading the news and uh, just about everything that I did made the news because I was seen to be something of a phenomenon. And, and of course, to live with that was, was actually quite, I found quite difficult at the time because I'd been working in television for so long already. Um, as 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 a producer and a director mm. in the West Country, as well as a presenter, um, and then as a as a journalist on on television news for at least two years, but suddenly because I was put in that seat doing that particular job, which at that time had only been done by the men, um, it, <laughs> I mm. suppose I have to use the word phenomena because that was the way they reacted, and very and in very short order, of course, ITV countered by um, getting Anna Ford to read the news for them. So then there were two of us. And I'm sure you've had this yourself, Miriam. Because we were two women working, one for the BBC and one for ITV, there were all sorts of stories about we were rivals and uh, Mm. all the rest of it. So Anna, whom I'd never met, I just rang her at the office one day and said, how about you and me getting together? And we met in an Indian restaurant in Ealing in West London. And we had a good old laugh and we became friends. And... uh, that was the beginning of a friendship which lasted for many, many years between the two of us. <laughs> That's such a great story, actually. Yeah, people always try to say women are rivals to each other. I know. 
You mentioned also that initially, I suppose you were famous at a time, Angela, yourself and Anna Ford, when, you know, everyone's on television these days. But did you find it was a lot of pressure to be so famous, to be so in the centre of the eye of publicity? Um, if I'm absolutely honest, I found it intrusive, if anything, mm. because I'd worked in, I mean, I'd, I'd been a journalist before on newspapers for, for three years because my, my original intention was to be a photojournalist. So I did a sort of five-year apprenticeship in photography and then in journalism. Um, and I'd worked already in television um, with a fairly high-profile job in the West Country for, first of all, the BBC and then the ITV station that was there at the time called Westwood Television. So I was used to being in the public eye. What I found extraordinary was that because even though I'd worked in television at Television News for at least two years before, suddenly becoming a newsreader put me in a slightly different category. Mm. And because, um, I mean, you're, you're a presenter, you're, you're a journalist, you, you do what I do. And I think as journalists, we're not used to being the center of attention. You know, we're, we're usually the people who are presenting whatever is the attention mm. of the day, rather than being the, the attention of the day. And I, I, I suppose I, <laughs> I did find it difficult to get used to, I must admit. Um, I found it quite a while to you know, come to terms with the fact that instead of just being somebody that people in the West Country recognize, that I was recognized, you know, wherever I went in the country. And then after I got over that, I found it a huge compliment. And I still do when, you know, because I still make television programs. Mm. I make about 70 a year, I think, for the BBC and for various other television stations. Um, and still, I take it as a huge compliment when people come up to me and say, are you Angela Rippon? Yes, I am. Oh, can we just say how much we enjoy your work? Thank you for what you do. Um, or I get young women coming up to me saying, oh, I used to watch you read the news when I was doing my homework and, and I wanted to be you. And they're now working in television. Um, I take it as a huge compliment when people now stop me in the street, particularly with a, a consumer program that I've been doing for, for 15 years now with Gloria Honeyford. Who yeah, Rip Off Britain, it's great. Rip Off Britain. Yeah. And people stop me in the street and say, we love that program. You've saved us so much money. You've helped mm. us to avoid being ripped off or scammed by people. Um, I, I now take it as a huge compliment. And so I, sort of, I suppose I've come full circle from being rather sort of irritated by it to start <laughs> with because I just wanted to get on with doing my job to, to taking mm. it as an enormous compliment that people actually like what we do and that, that they mm. get benefit from it, I suppose. In your interview with Prima this week, you told an amazing story about when you were in your 50s you were approached yes. by the den, then DG of the BBC, John Burt. What did he have to say yes. to you? I don't think he was saying to, it to men in their 50s. No, he wasn't. And I'd had a problem with, with something at the BBC and I went to him because I'd known him for quite a long time before he became Director General. So I quite kind of rang him up as a mate rather than as the DG yeah. and went to see him in his rather beautifully wood-panelled office at um, television, <laughs> at Broadcasting House in London and said, look, I've got this problem, John. You know, this is, this is what is happening. And he actually looked me straight in the eye and said, and I, I think I was 50, 51 at the time. He said, Angela, you have to accept you've had your day and it's time to make way for the young women coming up behind you. And I was, I was 
absolute gobsmacked, I think is the only word for it. And I said, are you having the same conversation with mm. Michael Parkinson, with Terry Wogan? And I, I listed a whole load of men in television that I knew were older than me. And he just sort of looked at me blankly. Um, I mean, it was such an appalling thing to say. But I suppose, what do they say? Revenge is a, a dish mm. best served cold. You know, 28 years later, I'm still here. I'm not quite sure what he's doing. Uh, but what is absolutely wonderful is that, of course, it was a stupid thing to say because there's room in broadcasting for all of us. There are so many radio stations, so many television stations. And, and, and as a woman in broadcasting, I am thrilled now when I see and hear the women who are holding major positions in broadcasting in front of and behind the cameras. We have, you know, brilliant tennis, cricket, rugby, football commentators who are women. We have, uh, could, could, could there be a better... Uh, European correspondent than Katya Adler. Mm. Could we have better foreign correspondents than the ones that, that, that we have, like, like Orla Gerling mm. and the others? There are women who are now accepted for the quality that they bring to broadcasting and, and the pleasure that they bring to the audience and the knowledge and the authority that they bring to their jobs. They're there on merit. There's room for all of us, whatever our age, whatever we bring. And I, I am just thrilled every time I hear or see a woman doing a really super job in front. And camera people, you must, you must see them too. Yeah. You have a woman producer, because I was talking to Cora, her just now. yes. You, She's fabulous. You walk, <laughs> into, you walk into a newsroom now, and there are as many women as there are men. There are researchers, directors, producers, editors, camera operators, sound operators. And we are... I'm, I, I know there are still inequalities in many, many professions, and there are probably still quite a few in ours. But on the whole, I think, you know, I am so pleased to see that, that women are now making their mark in all sorts of ways, in all professions, and more coming up behind them. And they are there on merit. They're there because they do the job well, and they work alongside their male colleagues and I think what is lovely in our profession, and I hope you find this too, Miriam, that you know I have enormous respect, not just for the women and all the men that I work with, but I know that the men have enormous respect for what we do. Yeah, too. absolutely. And, and I think that, that that's a, a rather nice position and rather nice springboard after what um, John Burt said 28 <laughs> years ago or whatever it was, to move into the future where actually, you know, what sex you are, what colour you are, what religion you are matters not one jot that actually you are doing a job, whether it's in broadcasting or commerce, engineering, whatever, banking, wherever you are, where you are there on merit Absolutely, you are the right person for the job. Before I let you go, one of our listeners, John, said, Miriam, don't forget to ask Angela about her famous Morecambe and Wise appearance. I know it's 47 <laughs> years ago, but it was yes. huge, wasn't it? It was. And I mean, at the time, I was the one who was so starstruck because, of course, you know, people, I, I think perhaps youngsters nowadays don't recognize that at the time when I did it back in the 70s, there were only three or was it four television stations rather than the plethora of stations that we have now that are, that are, you know, not those that you can get on Wi-Fi and on the Internet as well as what you can get as terrestrial stations. And so, you know, when anything went on television, uh, millions of people watched. And depending on which which um, you look at, which um, report you look at, it was either 23 or 26 million people that tuned in to that particular Christmas wow. show. But they were the, they, they, Eric and Ern were the top comedians in Britain. And to be asked to be on to their Christmas show was, was, was amazing. such 
such an oh, I mean, you know, gosh, I, I, I was completely starstruck. But they were wonderful to work with, and we remained very good friends until, well, look, until both of them were no longer with us. And, and people still love watching them and find them funny because their humour was timeless. Well, Angela, thanks so much for chatting to me this morning. Stay being brilliant. Stay hosting all the shows you're still hosting. And thanks so much for chatting to me today.